Actually, it's Bob. I wonder if I'm sure I've said that before. I was I, I went from being a Bobby to a Bob. I, I became actually it's Bob when I was 13. From zero to 12, I was Bobby, and still to this day I remain a Bobby in the in the minds of some of my family members. But actually, it's Bob now. I'm I'm a 55 year old man living in Brooklyn, and uh, actually, it's Bob. Bob Mackle is my name. This is my podcast, Two Degrees of Bob. Thanks for coming. Today on the show, we are talking to... It's a very special day for me because I got to talk to two of the people responsible for one of my favorite all-time shows. And the fact that it's called Bob's Burgers, it's just a coincidence. Okay, sure. It probably... It made me definitely made me want to love the show. But as I end up confessing to one of these guys... I didn't love the show at first, and I came back to it um, several months, if not a couple years later, and have since fallen madly in love with the, love with the show, and that's where it stands today. In fact, I just saw the most recent episode last night about Sister Gail's uh, cat, Mr. Business, and Bob's attempts to get him uh, in, into the big time, into the fascinating, lucrative world of cat commercials. So the fact that I got to talk to a couple of brilliant minds behind the show was very satisfying for me. Two inspiring people, and that's kind of the theme of what we're going with here. We want to talk to people and hear some stories that inspire, uh, inspire, inspire me anyway. I love it when people have an idea, follow through with the idea, execute the idea, really just follow a passion and do what they what they feel they're drawn to. And it connects with with uh, the masses is is insanely gratifying. I'm sure, not to mention lucrative. But on a micro scale, we can all be doing things that we find satisfying and gratifying just for the attempt and the completion of of whatever it is, even if it's a podcast like this. So that's why making these things and putting them up, and even if they're being heard by fifty people, a hundred people, two people. Just the act of doing it is is gratifying on my end. So I get, and it's gratifying to share some of these conversations I've had with people I find inspiring. So hope, hopefully, you find something inspiring in this these conversations too. Maybe funny, maybe annoying. That would be me. I'm, I'm sure at some point I'll be annoyed with some approach I take or some question I ask. But hey, that's that's the way it goes. You can't be perfect. We're all works in progress. So anyway, here's my conversation with Lauren Bouchard, my phone chat, then followed by my conversation with H. Sean Benjamin. Enjoy. I love the show. Huge fan. And um, I got some background on you because I dove into your WTF episode from three and a half years ago. So hopefully all that information is... Yeah, yeah, and, and, and actually, it's so weird because um, it's made watching the show a little bit different for me in a, in a good way. Just realizing what you went through as a kid and with your mom, it just it makes the sweetness of the show and the the family connection and the love the family has 
just even more uh, meaningful, really, for me. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. So, would you say that that experience of what you went through um, growing up as a, I don't know, a, a foundation of the show, just in some some weird way that uh, is not really obvious? Good question. I mean, probably more than losing my mom, it was probably more just having good parents, if that makes sense. You know, that while she was alive and then after, obviously, my dad, you know, they were just um, loving people. And, you know, I had a good childhood aside from, you know, until I did And, uh, I think that probably informs it more, just the, my impression of what family is is different than somebody else who, you know, who, who maybe, uh, you know, had, had a harder time. Yeah. Uh, just connecting to their own family members. You know, I, I'm always uh, sad and shocked when I hear somebody say, oh, yeah, I'm not close to my dad or I'm not close to my mom. I always um, feel... Pain, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was just having having had that closeness and good parenting, it made you made you want to want to do a show about uh, a family that clearly is you know, and they're they're odd in, in their ways, but there definitely is a undercurrent of love there. So tell me, um, I'm one of these people that my name, first of all, my name is Bob, so I was really looking forward to this show called Bob's Burgers, and I love burgers, so, I, uh, and then, uh, to tell the truth, when I first saw the show, I didn't really connect to it, and I, and I kind of didn't pick it back up um, again, probably, I don't know, two, three years later, and now it's one of my favorite shows ever, and I... I just revisited some shows that I didn't really connect with earlier on and, and just, you know, these characters grow on you and it's so funny and, and um, tell me what the uh, what the process has been like for you because you guys were not a hit right out of the gate, right? No. Well, uh, we have a, what you just described is, is something that um, I think is very common. We, uh, I think we... Um, but for a lot of our fans, not all, but for a lot of our fans, you know, you have, we have to, like, people start with a certain amount of resistance and then you have to, like, uh, infect you by repeated exposure. Yeah. I think. I, I noticed. I, it, you know, it, it's one of those things that um, I suspect is probably true of a lot of character-driven comedy. It's like, it doesn't seem as funny until you know the characters and then there, I think once you know the characters a little, there's suddenly more jokes, more comedy, and more to laugh at. So I think, um, you know, when we, our sweet spot is probably like the third viewing. That's when I think we really um, kind of can set the hook and um, make, a, make a fan because, you know, they, they've seen it enough to know who the characters are and why uh, they're, you know, what they're saying is, is hopefully... Um, Early 
your doctors, which is nice. That's also great. But you have somebody who, you know, who comes to the show ready to, to like it. And, and so those people were there from the beginning. And that, that gave us our core. Our, and, and they were passionate. They were, they were vocal um, and passionate. And so the network didn't have to worry too much about our, um, our show. They saw that the ratings were you know, okay, not a hit, not a flop, just something in the middle. But then they they had, I think, a number of um, ways of, of kind of measuring that that little um, kind of that other factor, that, that passion factor. And some of them felt that way. You know, some of the executives at the network, you know, their kids were watching, or they themselves were watching, and so we had. Yeah, we had we got lucky in that the, the few fans we had at the beginning were really, really into it. So, did they kind of buttress any um, discouragement you might have had by not for for not being a hit right out of the gate? So there was never there was never any sense of oh my god we're going to get canceled here. Yes, big time. I mean, you know, if you are, uh, you know, generally, I think approaching this stuff with some amount of humility and, and um, caution, then you don't expect to be a hit. I mean, I don't know who could do that. I, I, I don't, I've met the person who would come into this, start a show, and just assume or expect to be um, a rating smash. I, I imagine most of those folks who experience that uh, it's a surprise to them. So I certainly didn't come in with that, and nobody on the, on the Either. Even 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 though you got even though you guys were um, following the Simpsons right out of the gate, right? Yeah, that that would put some pressure on. Um, I experienced that mostly as yeah pressure. It's a great place to be, and we were excited to to be um, in that you know game. And um, but still, you just don't want to. I don't know. You don't want to go into anything. I think with that uh, kind of um, expectation. So we, we weren't expecting it, but, but you know the, the um, yeah the network it did buttress uh, not so much the feeling, but it was also just a actual um, job security. The the head of the network at the time, uh, Kevin Riley, said we were talking about you know what what does it get you this this sort of they're like actually worth a couple ratings points. So they actually give you a cushion. And he said, yeah, he said quality matters. It, it counts for something. It, it gets you, uh, definitely gets you a, a cushion. He, he, you know, and in his estimation, it was a high quality show. He liked it. And so if we notched uh, a rating that was, you know, in this kind of middle zone that could be interpreted as either soft or, um, or, or, or strong, you're gonna you're gonna swing it over to the strong side. Yeah, yeah. And so well, it's, that that must have uh, felt good knowing that the the big cheese loved it and gave you a little a uh, little leeway there. Did you guys get renewed uh, pretty shortly? Would you have it a one season order for 13 episodes? We got my memory. We got renewed. Um, we, we had to sweat it out a little bit. It wasn't like nothing was for sure. I think yeah. they all. Um, it all were, you know, the, the, even the, the exec that liked it had to, you know, look at the whole landscape. Um, but yeah, we got renewed after that first 13, and uh, we, you know, we never, we didn't take it for granted, and still really don't, but especially back in the first 3D um, 
Really? Huh. So, oh, yeah. so tell me at what point, um, what, do you remember the moment the, where, where you kind of just were able to breathe a sigh of relief and you felt, you felt the momentum of this thing's catching on people, a lot of people are loving this and, and, um, this is gonna last, this has got some staying power. Was there a moment? Let me read some of these uh, internet headlines that I, I came across. 25 signs you're obsessed with Bob's Burgers. Why does everyone love, Bo love Bob's Burgers? How Bob's Burgers teaches the true meaning of family love. 31 things Bob's Burgers can teach you about life. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that kind of press is, I mean, that's just got to keep the snowball rolling down the hill when people are writing and thinking these kinds of things about your show. Um, are you aware of this kind yeah, of vibe in the air? I said, are you aware of this kind of vibe in the air? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if it's on the internet, I'll read it. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to... I, I devour that stuff. Uh, you know, it's, of course, it puts wind in your sail, but it, um, it helps um, focus you. It gives you a, a sense of purpose. You know, when you get up and go to work, there's no question. Change the way that you go about doing your job? Are you getting ideas from these people? Has it made you see the characters in, in different ways than you maybe hadn't before in, in other jo writing jobs? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I
No, not too much. I think one of the things that's been gratifying about the, the internet um, and, and reading um, comments from people is that generally, you know, because we work on the show so much longer before the episode air, you know, sometimes we'll work on an episode for a year before it hits TV. So we've already formed our opinion on the helicopter. So we like, you know, if, if we like a storyline or a character or a... Um, an element of, the, of an episode, often, you know, it's too late. We've already fallen in love by the time it airs. And we're just, when we read those comments, a lot of times it's just checking to see if we and the, and the general and the fans are connecting to the same thing. And it's been great because we, 99% of the time, maybe 100% of the time, we do. We get that feedback. If we think, you know, this new character, Rudy, is really sweet and we really like him, a lot of times, you don't want to expect it, but it's so nice to go online and see people commenting that they, you know, they love Rudy. Plus, it's just as an example. Uh, so you you have a, a nice. Um, it's more that we just keep connecting to our fans uh, rather than change the way we work. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be so gratifying for you. Um, was it in the early days? Was there ever any um, pushback from Fox about um, how weird things were getting? I just watched, last night. I watched a couple of episodes from the first season. I'm thinking the animal anus paintings and the trannies showing up to Tina's thirteenth birthday. Was that? Did they, did they know they were getting that kind of those kinds of quirky, odd, out there kind of storylines, or was there any ever any pushback from them? Content-wise, no, they liked it. They, yeah, no, they loved it. They loved the the, the stories that were um, weird, and they loved the um, stuff that was a little edgy. You know, even standards and practices. You know, whose whose job it is to like write very specific notes about exactly how the animal anuses can be uh, depicted <laughs> on screen. Uh, and I have some of them saved, and they're precious. Uh, <laughs> things like the mouth anus needs to be a little small. <laughs> uh, even even they, um, uh, I think the secret, and I, I don't know this for sure, but I think they would agree with me. Even they want to be pushed. You know what I mean? They want to see uh, if it's good. You know, if it's if it's organic to the show and it's done in a good way. I mean, I think they want. Um, us to come to them and say, there's too much, there's too much. Nobody in that situation, the network or, uh, or within standards uh, and practices itself, wants a show that's concerned itself. Yeah. So they, they fully expect us to um, try and deliver the, you know, the sort of the best version of the show. And, and if that includes um, tranny hookers and, and um, animal anuses, then I think they're, they're, they're thrilled. Excellent, excellent. Um, has the show changed? Oh, it's transvestite, transvestite, not tranny, transvestite. Right, okay, gotcha. Yeah, um, that's a, it's an important distinction there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Has the show changed in your eyes from uh, uh, significantly from season one to uh, where you guys are now? You're, are you in the middle of season seven production? We are beginning season, or it's hard to explain the way, we, yeah, let's call it seven we're working on both um you got a season pickup you know um the you know what i'm sure it's changed in a way i think um you know it shouldn't feel like it's changed to to us i think i watch um 
of old episodes in there, I can see some differences, you know, either in the animation or in the timing. Um, but I'm hoping that there aren't significant differences in the storytelling and in the characters. I mean, there, there are going to be, naturally, but in a way, the person who, um, I think I'm the person, the last person to be aware of them, in a way. Because if I'm doing my job, I think I, I hopefully it seems like it's seamless. Yeah, but there are, you can, uh, fans of the... I was going to say fans of The Simpsons can um, pinpoint those early, early years versus where they are now. But, um, yeah, you guys have been pretty seamless with it, I think, from what I could see. That's the goal. That's the goal. I mean, the, different, the main difference is we're just better at our jobs. I mean, the first season hopefully would look different, too different to the, to the audience, but it was very different to get that on the screen. We just had to work harder. The, the nice thing about being in season six or seven is that you hopefully just know what you're doing a little bit, so it's less of a heart attack. But, but the end product should be hopefully you know something close to the same. Yeah. Have your so six, um, seven seasons into it, have your hours changed? Are you having to work less? Are you guys more efficient than you were in season one, two? Yeah, that's it. Efficient. Efficiency allows you to see your family more. Uh, it's you know it's still a full time job and it's still a, a lot of work, but it's you know season one of any show I imagine it's just a it's a it's just a it's a war. You know you're 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 in the office all hours. And season two also um, you you working every weekend and that's just the way it is. You gotta like put in that time in order to to get the thing up on its feet. And that's you know I, I do that happily. I love my I love yeah. my work. Um, but it is often nice to, to see, the, see the family during the week. Yeah, the fruits of your labor have been, are paying off now. Has there been anything about the reaction to the, yeah. show, to the show that has surprised you? Any surprising reactions or comments that you've gotten? Well, it's all surprising. I mean, it's, it, the, the level of, of, of appreciation of the show, you know, again, it's just you don't want to go into this expecting anything so it's <laughs> by definition yeah. everything is yeah. right uh, I, I you know we're just thrilled it's thrilling yeah thrilling that is it that's that's it it's like every creative person's dream is to create something I think that resonates with uh, with your audience and they're they're chomping at the bit for more it must feel real good um, what's it been like yeah. for you? What's what's it been like for you personally to experience something like that after toiling away in cable obscurity for twenty years? It's been good, you know. The, um, I think that I was I was prepared in some ways only because um, even though um, we were um, on small shows with a small audience, the, the thing I did. Um, come to appreciate was the small passionate audience. You know, we did uh, on Dr. Cat to some extent and, and on, on home movies especially we found um, especially by the end, when, once we were just wrapping up the fourth season it was out on DVD and the internet was a little more mature and we did the Comic Con a couple times and as a result I think even though it was a small audience we were meeting them uh, you know, either in person or online and they were very very passionate. So I was um, aware that um, this kind of work could connect with people, and uh, that you could, you know, make something that um, would be a, 
um, somebody's favorite show, you know, that they, that they, that they love John Benjamin, you know, voice as much as I did. Um, and so that, to that, you know, that aspect of it, I haven't experienced just on a smaller scale. Right. Yeah. This is, this is that experience on steroids. Um, can you um, can you see this being like a, a Simpsons or, or a South Park running for twenty plus years? Are you prepared for that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You, you want yeah. that? Yeah, it's really easy to go to work. I gotta say, we have an incredible team. The the sort of quality of life it's it's very good. Um, so it's so there's no it doesn't feel um, even a little bit uh, scary to say. You know, let's do another five years. Let's do another ten years. The the you know we it doesn't feel that long. You know, five years went by like that. We were really, um, I think, just getting our breath, and we looked up and it was year four. You know, so this last year it almost feels like we just started, uh, or or at least well, you know once you know what you're doing, it feels like you now it's now you you really want to. Um, run with it and see see what you can do once you're um, sleeping a little bit more and um, you feel a certain amount of confidence that it's it only it only I think inspires you at least if you have good, good people to work with it's it's really exciting to, to imagine going farther and trying to um, top yourself yeah I love how how quickly you answered that question like there was no hesitation whatsoever that's that's great. Um, now, are, now, now, throughout your life, is your you got the, your antenna up twenty four seven about um, seeing things that could be a, a detail or a joke in a story or a plot line here. Everything becomes um, fodder, potential fodder for the show. I would think. Or do you just do Absolutely, you just check yeah. out? Or do you just check out and not try to think about it when you're not working? <laughs> no, you can't check out. I mean, I um, I rely on the writers. Uh, very, very much to, to generate, uh, to find the little things, the little germs and seeds. Um, I, I uh, of course, like probably everybody uh, in the business, I keep a little notebook in my pocket and I try to contribute. But really, the writers are, are the ones who are bringing the, um, the fodder. Uh, and the actors, you know, of course, also uh, are always um, inspiring us. Uh, and so, I don't I can't check out, but I have a. I don't. I don't have a very hard job. I don't have to um, strain to to find episodes that the writers are are you know doing that uh, very heroically. Yeah, yeah. So, how much of your um, how much of your your personal story, your past, and your personality finds its way into the show? Like, I know you talked on WTF about how you used to love to. Um, record audio. You're fascinated with audio, and so obviously Gene's love for recording and making odd noises must come spring from from your past. Is there is there other stuff on the show that that is kind of mine from your uh, your personal life experience? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot more than I um, know, only because. Um, you can't help but put yourself into your show when you have my job. I mean, it literally, I think it is my job to filter. You know, that's, it doesn't make me, uh, I always try to um, point out that when you're the showrunner, it doesn't mean you're the smartest person in the room. You're probably not, but you still have to filter. You have to um, apply your point of view to the material. And again, it's not because your point of view is the best, but it's because it's become one point of view. Um, filtering a bunch of other 
points of views, it's probably the winning formula. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if every episode felt slightly different in terms of its take on the characters or the world, um, then I think the audience would feel it and they'd be annoyed by it. I think they'd, they'd, they'd feel this unevenness. And, and so I always um, take my job very seriously where I, I know ultimately I, I want to listen to everything and, and try to like make good decisions, not based on some kind of knee-jerk thing, but at the same time, um, I, I've got to use my own personality and my own experiences uh, as the foundation for how I, how I how I do make those decisions. So, uh, I mean, I've got to be in there, and again, not because my life is special, but because somebody's got to do that job. Right. Uh, in this case, it's me. I like um, I like shows like that. I think that you know the good shows have a point of view, and it really ultimately um, doesn't matter who it is in a way. It just yeah. should be someone. Yeah. Yeah, well, somebody with a good eye for um, for material, and somebody's had an interesting life, and who can bring that into that that point of view? How how uh, are, are any of these any of these characters inspired by people in your life? People you've met? I always, you know, I, I always want to give credit to the actors. You know, the, the characters are uh, inspired by people uh, to some extent, but I think that change the uh, the name of the, the the burger of the day every time you you look at that uh, every day it's great and that's that's yeah. his that's his way that's of being it. an artist yeah and that's and that's us you know what I mean that's us we change the end music of the show every single episode not because we uh, anyone asks us to but because we're sort of compulsively um, trying to make good stuff so it's it, we relate to him was that any? Uh, did you have any uh, thinking? Was it an homage to The Simpsons and Bart writing on um, the chalkboard and having that different in every opening? Were you even thinking that? Oh yeah, the, the, our openings uh, with the different storefronts and band yeah. yeah. uh, is uh, <clears throat> very much informed by the by the Simpsons uh, chalkboard and couch gags. That's you know, no question. They, we, I love that uh, when they came out. That was something that was so 
<laughs> satisfying. Every episode having a little new thing in it just made it so much more enjoyable, and, and uh, I responded to that. Uh, but the, actually, the, the end credit that is a little bit of a different inspiration. Um, we started doing that on Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, which is a show I worked on before Bob's. We were doing different opens for every episode. And the reason we were doing that, a new song and a new title, title sequence, um, is because of, um, it was inspired by James Bond. Oh, yeah. It was a little more, it was more cinematically uh, inspired. So our end credit that, to me, feels more like of a piece with the movies. Uh, we, we often call it the Bollywood effect. It's like this big singing and dancing number at the end of the, of the thing to make you feel, you know, to, to make you feel good. I, I always uh, jokingly, half-jokingly, sort of seriously say we trick people into thinking they had a better experience watching the show than they actually did. <laughs> and, they, and that was a conscious thing when you when you decided to do that. We, I, it is a, it's brilliant because you do leave the show either you know, whether you love the show or not. You got a cool little funky music number every time on a static shot. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's great. That's brilliant. Um, so uh, a couple more, and then I'll let you go. Um, there's so much joy in this show. Where you know my my wife loves Linda and she's constantly doing Linda's voice around the house and to the point where you know, uh, but it's great and I love Linda too. Was was you you talked about being inspired by someone's attitude? Was there was there a particular woman in your life that um, that had that Linda attitude that inspired you to want to make this kind of character? from California I'm from LA and I just moved to Brooklyn about a year just over a year ago so I'm, I'm definitely seeing that for sure um, so what I wanted to ask was wow, that's fun. From LA. yeah well I, with a four-year pit stop in Austin where which is where I got married to my Texas um, bride so yeah we got we, we, we got the whole East Coast West Coast and smack dab in the middle thing it's a good life experience yeah yeah, it's great. I love Brooklyn and the East Coast and this blizzard stuff. It's fascinating to be a Southern Californian and to be in the midst of all this stuff. So it's, it's been great. I bet. I bet. Yeah, I, I miss weather. Yeah, weather's nice. Um, so yeah. a couple more and we'll wrap it up here. Um, what's, a, what's, it, uh, what's it feel like to be being called the uh, this generation's heir to the Simpsons? That's, that's a lofty praise, but I've seen it more than one place and that's really how I pitched the story in the first place was it's gone you've gone from being a 
kind of ignored uh, a- uh, afterthought post Simpsons thing to uh, a phenomenon. It seems like kind of a slow, slow, low burning phenomenon. Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I I guess I can't comment on it exactly because I don't want to like look at it too long or uh, bask in any kind of uh, gloat too much because it's you know I think it'll it distract me from my my job if I get too caught up in that. I will say um, that's what they hired us to be. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The network wanted a companion piece to the Simpsons, and it was a very daunting um, thing to take on. And again, I mostly don't. Pulled it off. Mission accomplished. Good job. Um, so, do you have? Uh, can you talk about any of the plots? Any developments for in the new season, or is that all stuff that under wraps and you don't get into it? No. What are we going to keep it under wraps for? Uh, we are, uh, we have great episodes coming up. There's a um, this spring is uh, you know all the episodes that they're going to start airing. Um, more frequently, let's say, than they did in the fall. We got kind of, at 7.30, you get kind of um, knocked off the schedule more often by football, uh, but, and then a couple of award shows, but now we got a, like a straight shot um, uh, till spring, so pretty soon we'll be back on every week with new episodes, and we have, um, there's a great episode uh, where, for the, for the hardcore season one thing, there's one where Gyro, the Brazilian capoeira instructor, finally comes back into the uh, Bob's life. <laughs> nice. That one is also very, and that one is very much about what we were talking about earlier. It's like Bob kind of, um, Bob goes, has a, um, a real writer's block. He cannot think of a burger of the day, and that becomes a major plot point. Oh, excellent. Uh, yeah. We have one uh, coming up where Tina rides her first horse, her first real horse. She's been a horse obsessed um, her whole life, but she's never actually ridden a horse. Um, and <laughs> That is exciting for her, um, but it is bittersweet because she also feels like that means she has to say goodbye to her imaginary horse, Jericho. <laughs> Excellent. Oh. Uh, and there, that, that one's a uh, really uh, special episode, and Jericho is voiced by um, Paul Rudd. That'll probably air in the late spring. So are you getting people, are you getting actors coming to you now saying they love the show and they want to be on it? Is it, is it, is the kind of flip from what it was at the beginning? Got a great cast. You know, it's pretty quiet. You know, we, we, we have a nice, you know, community of actors that know each other. Um, you know, the comedy, uh, scene as uh, you know, it's full of, um, relationships that we can tap into without having to, um, uh, look too far. So I, I love um, just working with people who we already know or who know somebody we already know, if that makes sense. Uh, it just feels, it keeps it kind of, um, for me, it, it, it keeps the like X factor down. I, I don't want to reach out to some actor or even have some actor reach out to us and then find out they're a brat in the booth or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, the reason I asked is because I just interviewed uh, the guy from BoJack. Horseman, and he uh, was telling me how they got Paul McCartney. So, you guys are more uh, you guys are more tapped into the alt comedy world, and it totally works for you. Yeah, yeah, I love those people. The alt comedy people, 
people are, are um, you know, they're good people. Yeah, yeah, it's good pool to draw from. Oh, and, and our, hundred, our hundredth episode is coming up in the spring. That'll be our season finale. That's this uh, hundredth uh, uh, in which, you know, we uh, tried to make kind of a quintessential Bob's episode to celebrate uh, the hundredth. And, and so Bob, in the story, Bob gets glued to the restaurant toilet. <laughs> through a, a, kid, a kid's prank gone wrong. And so the entire episode uh, takes place in the restaurant and uh, focuses on uh, getting him off the toilet in time for um, his first ever magazine interviews. Oh, that's great. Oh, okay, we'll, we'll look forward to that one. Final final question. Do you, uh, do you have a favorite episode? Do you have a top three? I try not to. I try not to. My favorite episode is always the one we just finished. You know what I mean? I, 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 I think if I had a favorite, then it would feel like we were, um, I don't know, it would feel, it would feel like unfair to all the, all the work we're putting in on the one we're, you know, any given one we're working on that day. So I hate to be a, like, boring, uh, have, have a boring answer to that question, but I just like the ones that have, you know, a ton of heart and, and, a, and then big laughs. So I, I'm always a, I was afraid you'd, you'd answer it that way. How about this? Is there one that came out funnier and even better than you than you thought it would? One that just huh. kind of blew you away after you watched it and, and made you go, "Whoa!" That, I knew that was good, but that was really good. I loved Beef Squash. Uh, I love Bad Tina. I love when Bob was driving the cab. Those are three of my favorites. appreciate your time, Lauren. Um, big, huge fan of the show, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Good. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks, thanks for putting Bob back in the, in the, uh, the, the public conscious. I was a substitute teacher for a while, and and they I knew they'd butcher my last name, so I would just put on right on the board, Mr. Bob, and the kids would go, a, the kids would go ape shit when they saw that name on the board because they love. I was like, they would tell me about their pet dog named Bob or their pet imaginary friend named Bob. They were fascinated by the name Bob, and it kind of made me um, rethink my name because I for years I hated it, but now I'm now I love it thanks to thanks to people like you and. All those gold kids back, way back when. Thank you. That's great. That's good. All right. Good job. All right. Thanks, Lauren. Good luck to you, and uh, look forward to more more Bob's Burgers here. Me too. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. Poster's magazine is gonna be my big chance now, but I'll be hard.
Okay, that's it. That's my chat with Lauren Bouchard, the creator of Bob's Burgers. And that song right there, I love that song. That song is from the 100th episode that he was talking about. And we love that song so much that we learned how to play it on our guitar. And um, that is our go-to song in this household here. Molly, my wife, has um, learned the parts of the... Well, you'll, you'll hear the other part later. But uh, anyway, love the song. Love the show. Thanks, Lauren Bouchard, for that conversation. And um, now we're going to move on to my chat with... John Benjamin, the man who plays Bob. Oh, also, before I, sh- before I move on, I, uh, I guess I should have told you up front, when I started out the conversation, I was talking about, um, in the WTF interview he did with Mark Marin, he mentioned growing up and how his mom had passed away when he was 14. That's what I was referring to at the beginning, so in case that wasn't clear... You should probably listen to that uh, WTF interview with Mark Marin. It's pretty damn good, and the audio is better than my audio. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna work on that. We're gonna get better. But here's my here's my chat with H. John Benjamin, A.K.A. Bob Belcher. Here we go. Hey, where's Bob? I want to tell him I can smell him from across the street. <laughs> yeah, Linda, where is Bob? I got to do his hair for a big interview. Interview? What interview? Bob's got a big magazine interview. What, are they writing an article on guys with mustaches you want to punch? Zoom! Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to just go double duty here because I just across these things. That's badass. Yeah, this is, this is nice. Yeah. Um, so two devices. I'm you? a huge fan of the show. I don't know if you noticed, but my name is Bob. So <laughs> you I had your name changed very <laughs> legally because you love the show. Well, no, I was looking forward to the show when uh, when when I saw the the initial ads for the show called Bob's Burgers. I love burgers. You love the Bob. name Bob, right? I'm ready it makes to go. sense. But um, so you had to go to uh, you had to go to journalism school, get everything set up, and took. All this time, now finally you're here. It's all coming together. It's the mean, first my, time it's come my together. My writing career has just coalesced into this moment right here. <laughs> Thank you for, um, and thanks for um, letting me talk to you in person because I, I told oh, no, Christina no, that the phone conversation, a there, it's just it feels more impersonal and it's harder to get yeah, information. Yeah. And because I'm a fan of the show, I would have felt the whole time like I was talking to Bob Belcher, and it would have been <laughs> It's worth seeing me, because that's just so disconcerting when you have to see the guy. No, I've I, seen enough for you to know. Most so. of most people feel that way. Yeah, it's good, though. And like, it's hard to talk to me, I think, when you're... Because you, you've done this iconic... It's turned into an iconic voice now. I guess. I've always people. wondered what I, I... I've always wondered what it was like on the other side, and then I was... I uh, just did this interview with Robert Siegel on NPR, oh. who also has an iconic voice. Yeah. Who I, whose name I didn't connect with the voice because I occasionally listen to NPR. Yeah. No offense. Uh, all the people who listen all the time, every day, <laughs> in their house with their cats. Um, gross. Every day. So, yeah, and then when I heard him, I had the same. I'm wondering. And we talked about it. I was like, I said, I wonder if it's, that's how people... But you're a lot more, you seem like more uh, low-key and less stressed out than Bob Belcher. So there is that. A little bit, yeah. For probably. now, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm just pretending. But what I found interesting, one thing I found interesting in your Bob mind, is right? not heavily medicated. And I, 
You um, are at all times. Yeah. Most times. Yeah. What, what's your medication right now? Um, Off the record. Come on. Let me check the Take list. A bong let me check you go the list. No, I, I don't smoke pot. I don't. I don't. Not um, anymore, because you did talk about that. On, on I'm a prescription. I'm a prescription med guy. I did. Uh, yeah, did I talk did. about it? You talk, talked about getting what. What made me miss my stop was that story about your friend Charlie and your phone call prank that got you in all that trouble. Oh, uh, on on right on uh, on WTF on the ba on the ballet school and the Doris the the. Uh, yes, I got in a lot of. Do you know the story? It's a it's a long story. It's a tall tall tale. It's a good one though. So um, it, it made I, you wonder: Do you still do pranks like that? Um, not as much. I think I'm like I'm just too tired yeah. now to do them. But uh, yeah. I, and that wasn't even a real. That was like it was more like, one of one of the. It was like not not even a prank. It was the more prank like was on me. Helping your mom's business, if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That son. It was a. I, what, how would you call it? It was an erstwhile prank. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't an intentional prank. Right. But you had so your your. But it worked out to be the best like long form prank. The FBI I got involved. Every, yeah, they, it cost got eight thousand dollars. Thousands FBI. of dollars. Of, <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Of legal cost. Right? Yeah. Did you ever track down that um, tape you had of um, Charlie's dad? No, I mean, uh, this is my friend Sam Cedar, I think, because I lived with him at the time. He probably he might have it. He yeah. still probably has all those little mini God, tapes. Boxes of those things. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. But I'm just waiting for... There's yeah, and he had the uh, initial, like, the suction cup recorder that you had to put on the back of your uh, landline, you yeah. know, so that you could record, so it was all fuzzy. But, yeah, he was hardcore. But he was hardcore into early surveillance yeah yeah like, like the conversation he was the early uh, NSA use your personal NSA right um, so and if I find that I found that uh, fascinating that the guy that was your seventh grade bully who wanted to made you fear seventh grade and just made you miserable that you oh, well that's Sam Cedar yeah, I know yeah, yeah, I know and now you're doing this show with him yeah, and he's on. Yeah, later. yeah. He's a regular. Now he basically works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how it always works, right? That's amazing. The guys that get picked on just that's turn the around. beauty of right having a bully. Yeah, the tables will definitely turn. Did that? Did that uh, instill yeah. some the fire in your belly to <laughs> to not 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 to switch the tables on him? So but Sam is doing well. But yeah. Not, no, but like, let's be honest, not as well as me. He's not Bob's bird. He's not. He's not, yeah. His name's not in the title of the show. Right. So take that for that punch. Plus, you've got Linda. for that punch in the belly. Yeah, and yeah. he plays Hugo, right? He plays Hugo. Yeah, he plays the health inspector. So you got the girl. Was there ever a time in your life, in your non-cartoon life, where you got the girl that he wanted? Um, no. There's another story which I can't tell. Great. But <laughs> I know that's a terrible thing to say to somebody okay. who wants okay. to hear I everything. Respect that. Uh, but he got he got he gets the he always got the girls. Yeah. Yeah. So about the show here, um, I have to say when I first saw it, I think I saw an episode or two, and and I didn't really connect with me for whatever reason. I think it was you and it was a I, slow burn. I talked to Lauren burn. about this, and he that was kind of common with people where it was a I think so yeah it was an acquired taste, and I I, yeah. I look back on it now, and I think was it because of the characters are so big and loud and extreme that you had to settle into it and figure out who they, who they were and have them grow on you? What, what was it, do you think? Well, I don't know. It might have been a combination of things. I mean, I think it was a very different type of animated show than the shows that were on Fox at the time and that were very popular and established. And Different how? Those were, 
Well, I actually think it was less like kind of loud, although I don't consider The Simpsons or Family Guy loud shows, but their characters were so, uh, you know, well-known. And, yeah. um, and to, to go up or to go amidst that, those kind of shows, which were like titans, uh, it was a bit of a David and Goliath thing, I guess. So was it intimidating when you got the when you found? I you wasn't intimidated. Be... I was at home. I know, like I don't really, you know, yeah. I, I didn't have to think about it. I bet Lauren, of course, probably was more involved in the business side of doing it. I just had to do the show. So, um, but you know, I had done shows with Lauren before, so it was natural to work with him. And um, the sensibility of the show is far different than those established animated shows that were already on. I think they were maybe a, a little bit more, it was a little bit more character driven and character study-ish. Than Jokey. Than Jokey and, yeah. uh, you know, I think... Uh, did you know that going in? Is that how he pitched it? Well, like shows that we did, shows that Lauren and I had done before were pretty much... I love Dr. Uh, Katz. Yeah, well, Dr. Katz had a lot of jokes, but the stuff I was involved in and then the, the show that followed that called home movies yeah. was they were largely improvised shows so uh, jokes came um, less frequent just by the nature of having to figure you know yeah. improvisation you don't have the benefit of a bunch of joke writers right. um, giving you your punchline whenever you need it so um, but people liked those kind of shows for that but you know those were small shows with small audiences and yeah wasn't on Fox, uh, animation so domination. Yeah. So uh, there was a definitely like a little underdog thing. I but um, yeah, like because I would be, because I had been involved with shows with Lauren before. I it wasn't really like oh I was I just that was just, it was just, just kind another of show another with show with him. Yeah. Um, Did you foresee when you when you first? When he first pitched it to you, when he first did you did he pitch it or did you get some scripts? Or? He just was like, "Will you play this part in this new show I'm doing?" And he had just come off doing a ver another very small animated show on uh, Adult Swim called Lucy, Daughter of the Devil, right. where I played the devil, and uh, he was just like, "Just do that for to be the devil." Yeah. So Bob is based on the devil. Bob is based on the devil. Well, it's always just sort of me. Yeah. I think. Um, and then he worked on the, the, we worked on the, the pilot presentation for, I think, like a, a year. It was being uh, um, uh, modified over and over. Yeah. And working out this, like, seven-minute demo. Was there ever a point where Bob looked more like you, or was Bob looking like Bob looks? I think, you know, the animation was definitely, like, rougher in the beginning, and it's probably smoothed out now after the seasons go on, and the, yeah. the animation gets better. And better, um, and yeah, in the beginning it, it was like yeah, like stick figureish. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that rudimentary, but it was like uh, uh, initially Tina was, I think, named Dan. Right. Tina was, Tina a, was boy. a boy, which completely changed the dynamic of the show. It sort of did, although Dan same exact performance, yeah. so he didn't have to change anything. Yeah. I think they just changed the animation. So, same character. Yeah. Just. 
Were you connecting with it right from the get-go, or did, did it take a while for you to... Well, like I said, we went over the demo like again yeah. and again, and it kind of changed just, the, you know, and we did a lot of improvising, I think, about where, where the... How did you... The but initially, go? I think the show was a lot more high concepts, and uh, I think... Um, and all, I'm sure you've heard all this shit from Lauren, but um, I think Fox wanted it to be a little more grounded, maybe. And mm -hmm. I think the original concept was the, there was a family of uh, cannibals, cannibals oh, yeah. right, who owned a burger shop, so they used human meat to right. sell there. So I think it was in good part to Lauren's relationship with Fox that they changed this story to make it more like. Just make it a family who's who just happens to like own a burger shop. Trend, yeah, trend and I think that um, I know. I also am not certain of this. You'll have to ask Lauren. But I think that was Fox's input. Like the, that story is a little too crazy and um, cannibal story. Yeah. Yeah, and where is it going? You know. Yeah. Uh, except like killing everybody on Earth. That was a so good, it was smart to change it, and uh, I think it was one of those things where like things have to be like when you're initially starting a show with an idea, and all these other shows like The Simpsons and Family Guy who, who utilize animation in that way where everything can get totally crazy. Yeah, um, I think it was good that uh, Fox and Lauren collaborated on making a really simple show. Yeah, that. Because it was the beginning, and uh, it's always better to start simple. Yeah, yeah, and that was a wise, wise choice. Yeah, and then it, it allowed, uh, like the, it definitely allowed, certainly in the process of doing the, um, uh, the demo, the, it allowed the characters to shine, and uh, all the actors who were really funny to, especially when they're utilizing improv, that everybody just sort of got to hone their character yeah. over the course of the year so so for a year you guys you guys honed a, an improv to seven minute pitch. yeah yeah I mean it got down to they kept I mean very we didn't it wasn't like a day job yeah you know they probably called us in like five or six times yeah or something over the course process. of the process so when you got to when you got the the series order for what you get to 13 I season? think it, yeah maybe right I don't know yeah, that sounds right, but that yeah. was before my time. I can check for you. Okay. Right. She wasn't even born yet. Oh, uh, <laughs> that is not true. In, uh, <laughs> she is seven years old. <laughs> First year was what? Um, 2009? Uh, yeah, like probably around that. You, you didn't mention um, WTF, so it must have been on the back burner then. Yeah, I think it was probably 2010 maybe, because yeah. the other animated show that I'm in, Archer, started around the same time. That's so, crazy. Yeah. Two completely different. Yeah, shows. yeah. Do you modulate your voice at all, or is it just you just? Uh, people ask that a lot, and I most people, uh, when I say that I do, they say no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> In your mind, you I've know. I've developed a very actory way of saying oh, yes, they're very different, uh, and then people are like I don't think so. Not really. I've always said that Archer was always more. He just is confident in the way he uh, delivers every line. Yeah. And Bob is uh, the, the opposite. Right. Which is more like me. Yeah. You know, I've said recently, yeah, Bob is always a guy who's sort of, should I have said that? Even yeah. to his family. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, so do, how's it, you, do you feel like the character, by the time you guys finished that seven-minute pitch, were you, were the characters solid? Flat, no, I mean, I don't think there was any confidence in that the show, that the show was going to be good. or that, Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it came out really well, I think, as, and everybody liked the demo, but I think, like I said, I think just starting a show that had a very, like, starting an animated show with a very grounded, very simple premise and yeah. no... Uh, no talking dogs and no, you know, no crazy jokes uh, right away was always like, oh, well, I hope it works. It's got to be the characters in the right. Yeah, and then I think uh, it's... Oh, no. Uh, you got to go? Well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get that one. That was a very, I need to take my medication. <laughs> well, she would like to think that she is my medication. Oh, mom. Mom, mom called. We are not talking. She will be amused, though, by the fact that she called right as I'm talking to you. Yeah, that's fine. And I, last time I talked to her, I'm like, do you watch Bob's Burgers? Your son's name is Bob. She's like, no, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, fuck, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Jeez, you got Netflix, you got five, four seasons. Yeah, you got a lot of work to do, mom. Yeah. You got nothing else to do. So was there uh, was there a fear that first year that this? Oh, well, I think like any show, like I said, it's not as big of a, a concern for me because of my part in the show. But I'm always I've worked with Lauren so long that you know, and the relationship with Lauren's always been so great. I always thought, I you know, you hope it works out. And this was a big, uh, you know, much bigger show for him. And the stuff big, we had, the stuff we had worked chance. on before were. Right, like I said, we're for small um, cable cable shows, and um, yeah, like uh, you know, we were in an actual studio for this one. Yeah, would you? Did you record it? <laughs> we did. Like initially, it was like this. Really? Well, for Doctor Katz, it was basically this. Yeah, this one of these things. Yeah, like in that. a in yeah in a guy's kitchen. <laughs> really? Yeah. So the first yeah. You watched the whole. They weren't uh, worried about the audio quality. Yeah. Really. And it worked, though. Yeah, it worked. It was. It totally worked. Yeah. Well, th that show really um, uh, paved the way for the for the for the the way in which Lauren has always worked, which is kind of like um, uh, getting actors together and and doing an animated show like that, where you're yeah. focusing on the audio track first, and then worrying about the animation after. So every episode you guys do, you guys are all recording it at the same time? Yeah. Initially, when the show started, most of the cast lived in New York. Uh, Lauren, I think, had moved to New York when the show started. Um, I, I can't remember. I think there was only... So there was only maybe one actor. Maybe Dan was the only actor who lived in L.A. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kristen and Eugene and I and Larry Murphy and Sam and people like that who started uh, uh, were all here with Lauren. Then when the show went, it's now it's I'm the only one left in New York. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Everybody well, else Eugene, in LA? Eugene and I are here, uh, and that's it. So, so you're not going to LA. The rest of the cast is in LA. Yeah. They all sold out and went to LA. Everybody got famous yeah. except for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, I did that when I first started in animation, like because it was in uh, uh, a real uh, hotspot for show business, uh, Watertown, Massachusetts. So Watertown, Mass. Was that's where the first 
like few animated shows that Lauren did were produced. That was where the studio was. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Is that outside of Boston? Yeah, like uh, west of, like near Cambridge. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, where the, where the uh, marathon bomber was uh, okay. found. We didn't know that at the time. Right. Couldn't have predicted. Could not have predicted that. So, um, do you remember the moment? But then, like, like, it's like that, yeah. I moved to New York because, wow, I got to find my first job. And, yeah. Uh, everybody did what I... They followed you. Yeah. And you're the animation staple now. You watch, you've been there from the beginnings of Dr. Katz and doing it with a machine like this to part of the... The all-star, all-time all-star. Yeah, I've never Sunday stopped night. doing animated shows, which is crazy. I never would have thought that. Yeah. yeah. Did you were you a huge fan of animation growing up? No, I mean, like when I was a kid, I had yeah. I I like you know moderate interest in animation, like everybody else, but no nothing special. Well, wasn't a lifelong goal of being a cartoon. No, not at all. No. That's amazing. That was an embarrassment. Here you are. <laughs> do you remember? So do you remember when the the shift went from, holy shit, are we gonna get canned or canceled here to wow people are loving this show and we're gonna well I think like the initial response was like pretty much not like I, everybody was unaware of that it was gaining any popularity yeah but maybe after the first season um, I think like critics started to maybe review it positively and and uh, even though it didn't have a didn't like swell in popularity hugely I think like afterwards is but I don't think there was any sense of confidence that it would go second season even yeah. or, or anything so I think in those because first because there's been shows like Arrested Development and got, won the Emmy and then got canned canceled well right? probably very much like those kind of shows like even the people who are making it are like are we going to be able to do another season yeah. I don't know I can't tell yeah because you know it's still small and a it's such a small audience compared to all the other, certainly in, in this case, the other animated shows, which were back you know, then, back in like in their in their twentieth season yeah. when we started. So yeah. it's like um, everybody's losing market share after the Simpsons. But then there were like a bunch of animated shows that Fox launched that were kind of faltered, and I think that gave a sense that there was some momentum maybe for Lauren. Like, yeah, you know, because there were a few shows they launched which I think they had high hopes for. Yeah. It didn't really connect with the audience and so I think then Lauren got maybe built a little confidence in this little show. Yeah. I was like, Well, we made it through a second season and uh, and the show was improving, you know, and the the um so I think and uh it was like finding its you know, finding its ground. It's also the combination, I think, of um, when it got on Netflix and people can just binge yeah. watch a whole bunch of them. And there was, and <laughs> on the internet, people were, the people that loved it were yeah. vocal about it. And Well, I, 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 my, I have a kid who at the time when it started, I think was probably like, he was, uh, what is he? He's a boy, I know that. <laughs> and he is, I have to do the math. So it was like five years ago. So yeah, he was like, um, seven or eight at the time and he really liked it he did which is a, like a big thing so like it just he liked it and then he passed it on to his group of friends who yeah. were like in fourth grade or whatever and people loved it so in my little like um uh sample yeah. side in my little uh 
uh, that it was like uh, going through kids like burning through kids like uh, yeah. you know fast. So I was like, oh, this is, that's this is something. Yeah, like if the fourth graders love it and. Yeah, and I don't think it was like the kind of show where you're like you were uh, making it for uh, eight-year-olds because eight-year-olds are watching like SpongeBob. Yeah, but if this show connects with with kids that age, it's really good because it was the kind of show um, that really young kids could watch with their parents. Yeah, like The Simpsons. And I like The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it had sort of. you know, at least some adult references and some adult humor. But the ca- the kid characters were huge for kids. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like The Simpsons, it was good like that. Yeah. So maybe after that, I maybe after my kid and his friends started liking it, I felt like, well, we got something. Really? We got something. Yeah. It wasn't all those listicles on BuzzFeed that it kept showing up on. And well, I don't know when that was, but maybe after the first season. You go. 2013 is when I yeah so that was like two out. seasons in when yeah. people were like start, yeah you're starting to hear that it was getting really good critical response yeah yeah uh, before that it was just my kid <laughs> and his friend Cody your kids propping, propping you up making you feel good about it and yeah. he was probably talking it up at school like my dad is well unlike the other show I'm, I was on Archer which was like a really like the kind of thing you keep away from your kids yeah uh, uh, I mean, I, I haven't been able to do that, but was he aware of that at the same? Well, time he knew about on? the show, but that was definitely a show. You're like, I'm not going to let my eight year old watch Archer. You know, let's yeah. wait till he's nine yeah. or ten. <laughs> that was a huge. Um, but no, yeah, he's 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 burned through Archer as well. But he, at the time, yeah. Um, so Archer was like really popular amongst that like like classic uh, core demographic that people talk about like eighteen to thirty five, and Archer house. was in the sweet spot of that. But I feel like, yeah, Bob's was really a show that you're 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 trying to get that audience, but you're really trying to get <laughs> ten year olds. Yeah, that's way better than eighteen. Because yeah. they'll grow with you for like, yeah, and then years. animated shows can uh, just have this benefit where they can keep going and going because. You know, it's not like Friends when you don't want to watch Ross when he's 45. No, yeah. it's sad. Try and hook up. Yeah. Uh, so animation does have that, like, this longevity. The, yeah. the characters can all stay the same and you can keep watching. And then as long as the quality of the show stays strong, it's great. Yeah, so yeah. you're cool with a 20-year run on this thing? Uh, that'd be great, yeah, yeah. Well, you, yeah, are you kidding? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's great, and it's always fun to do the show. Yeah. So you talked about on uh, WTF about <laughs> your, uh, I love this, I wrote this down, he called you a, you might not want to revisit this, but I'm you're sure. a sick, cranking fuck, is, what he, is how he described you. But um, you, talk, you talked about your, your fans, like how annoying your fans can be annoying. You talked about the guy who... <laughs> You were, I forget what town you were in. But well, like what I, that, I did that, I did that probably episode of Marin's show probably six years yeah. ago. Yeah, oh yeah, it was before yeah. all this happened. So what my question was, how... I'm a little more famous, that's, but that's it, like a little more. No. So tell Marin. That Come on, you're... Marin's, yeah, Marin got really famous. And he was talking about bringing you in as a, as a sidekick, and he's like, there's got to be money on this. 
at this. Don't we trust me? There's gonna. I should have done it. I would have been. He was I would right. be making more money on his show now. He called it. It wouldn't. It would. That would have been a long shot. No, he wouldn't have that. paid. Yeah. Yeah. But my question is, have you? You seemed annoyed by a certain kind of fan back then, when it, when you were known for home movies and Dr. Katz. Here you are. Five yeah, well, I mean, it was a very probably, yeah, that's true. At that time, it was probably a very rare occasion when I'd ever be recognized. Well, there was much. the guy that uh, was very happy to let you know that he took care of your porn, and then he came to your room and wouldn't leave. And oh, did I tell that story? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, that was a real inside animation kind of fan. Yeah. Uh, but now, that's still, so is, as, as the now it's like it's like exponentially it's, for you. Well... Yeah, maybe like a couple clicks uh, into more being more uh, recognizable. I've been on TV a lot more, and I've been on you know live television a lot more. So, and so maybe through through crazier. doing comedy, um, but still on the whole, it's it's still like uh, you know relatively, you know, it's not a huge hassle to be. Yeah, I've always said that it's like. It's always like a, it's always like a group, a group of people, and one knows me. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of explaining. Yeah. Still. Yeah. There's one person who's like ex extraordinarily excited to meet me, and then he or she has to explain to the other three people why they should be who there. I am. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, I think I've heard of that show. Right. That's yeah. a, you're at the sweet spot of fame then. You're, a little bit, although you know that's I mean? annoying because I got to hang out for the conversation. Like he's mm, this, this, right. and then I have to. You know, guys, go through my credits. I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna let you go here soon, but I'm curious. Do you ever? You're. It's the voice that. I mean, the voice is that was famous. Yes. So you I, open your mouth. Uh, and you more and more, have I been? And early on, I did never. There was one occasion I remember. And I, I've definitely told this story before because it was at a bike shop, and the guy, I was like, sort of like, I'm looking for a bike seat. Like, I, my bikes, my bike seat got stolen. And he was like, your bike seat? Oh, your bike seat got stolen. Yeah, you got to chain it down in New York. You know, you got to. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he was just like looking at me like. Everything I said, <laughs> and he was like, you could tell he's like, wheels are spinning. It was yeah. Are you an actor? Um, yeah, a little bit. Oh my God, you're that guy. So then, he was like, in my neighborhood bike shop, and he ended up giving me ten percent off on my bike seat. <laughs> that was a big, a big deal for me. Getting yeah. a little, like, getting a little something out of it. Uh, Are there times where you're just a dumb But leader? now more often uh, people will know what I look like. And I think that's just a uh, uh, one, like I said, because I've done a lot more stuff on TV. And two, I think people check, you know, like there's yeah. like even then, it wasn't like that was the early stages of the internet. But I now when you like somebody, you just well, look them up and you see their picture. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you kind of know what I look like. Do you ever avoid talking just because you know that if you open your mouth, people are going to go, oh, shit, it's him. Right, it's my... you to deal with it? That would be my version of a disguise. Right, I don't have to wear like a hat and sunglasses. I just have to talk like this. You yeah. do? Do yeah. your Doris voice? Yeah. Thanks, y'all, for coffee. <laughs> so do you do that is a question. <laughs> Come on, ever? No. No? No, although, yeah. No, no. It would be fun. I'll try. I would try it. Might come to, that to do it for a year and then write a book. 
I changed my voice for a year by John Benjamin. Yeah, but you do have one of the more distinctive. That's like my my uh, version of uh, of supersize me. Yeah. I'd I'd watch that. I changed my voice for a month. I talk like this, everybody. (laughs) Um. So, uh, a couple more, then I'll let you go. Do you have a uh, Do you have a favorite episode or favorite Bob moment? Favorite Bob episode or favorite Bob line? I mean, I've always said I like the uh, the, and I'm not sure if it's the pilot or the the second episode where he uh, gets stuck in the wall. I I really like that one. And I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, this is really it's an oldie. Yeah. Um, they're awesome. all really good now, uh, but for want, some reason that one made me laugh a lot because it was such a, it was a really good idea. Yeah. Um, about Bob literally getting stuck in the wall and then wanting to stay stuck in the wall because the <laughs> in-laws were there. Right. <laughs> so, like camping out in the wall and I'm a big yeah. Uh, yeah that that it. always I, I always like that one. I like the one where I uh, drove a cab for a little bit in Austin. And the episode where you oh, where I drive, yeah, yeah, extra money for <laughs> Tina's party. Well, I did, uh, I did crack that episode. You did crack, yeah, I did crack, and you had like all your transsexual tra- crossdressers show up her- to her 13th birthday party. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. right, right. Yeah, uh, that was great. I was so, really like Bob's, like experiencing the night. Uh, and I had those experiences driving a cab. That's why it was so extra special to me as as a Bob. You did crack. You did. I did not do crack, but yeah. I did have one of my favorite uh, regulars. Um, he used to call me to take him to get crack. Oh, okay. And well, that's I'm like, like halfway like, there. Well, yeah. 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 I, w- I was able to say no, unlike Bob, though. Yeah. That was pretty... That's pretty out there. I was pushing the envelope in season one, I noticed. That was like episode five or six. Well, they always like snuck in little things that were like deeply disturbing. Yeah. yeah. Still doing that. An animated character having done crack just seems like... Father of three doing crack. Father of three. Yeah. Got to try it once. Yeah. It was great. So um, can you talk a little bit about the upcoming season and then we'll let you out of here? What's anything um, exciting? Oh my God, I'm terrible at this part. This runs in, uh, I think, May or June. Okay. Um, so we'll have finale around then, but... The so everyone will have seen it, so I don't have to answer. <laughs> well, you can talk about, what about the 100th, just in general. Yeah, what is oh, the 100th? Right. It's glued, where's my Bob? Oh, he's the, glued to the toilet seat. He's glued to the toilet seat. Oh, uh, okay, right. Yeah, and um, the magazine is doing a feature on the restaurant, and then... Teddy, like, oh, yeah, yeah. breaks down the door and everyone sees him stuck. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. So the 100th episode, so you just heard it. So yeah. I don't have to say anything. <laughs> yeah, Bob gets... Um, glued to a toilet. Well, yes. The, I think it's a kid's prank, right? Or the kids yeah. are doing As this... As a prankster. I mean, I know. You, the prankster you, gets pranked. Always. You, it always you, bites uh, you. Do you have the, a special fondness for that episode? bites you in the ass. I never did, like, this crazy... I always tried to do cerebral... Uh, pranks that would slowly through. torture my yeah. victim um, yeah um, in a web of yeah Could lead like to FBI four or five years right. uh, of slow torture Mental scar. meet it out yeah to right, for the uh, worst possible results you ever prank um, your uh, castmates or the writers uh like not real. I wonder if I'd like I'd ever pranked Lauren. Probably not. 
I, my, I used to do a lot of like, Archer does these, but I used to do a lot of phone message pranks early on when you had like, literal answering machines. Yeah. Um, Those were the days. That, the was, that was big time. Yeah. And I also, I might have been the first person ever to do, because I had access to a recording studio at the time, to do the perfect version of the me picking up on my... Oh. Yeah, because I had like I had I, I had I high that. quality audio facilities <laughs> yeah. in order to make my phone prank. So it was like you couldn't have been in You're better master, position. Master yeah. prankster. I'm not saying that I was the first one to do that, but I that I know I did that one, and that really worked. Yeah. So I put, did the answering machine, and then I picked up. I had a phone. Did all the Lauren? I think helped me with that one. Half of Lauren's early job was helping me do phone call. <laughs> it's kind of sad that you don't do that anymore, that you grew out of it. Did you, did you pass that on to your uh, son? My kid kind of does it a little bit. Maybe yeah. he'll start doing it. Did you I, turn him on to the Jerky Boys? No, I should. Um, jerky Boys are to, on Spotify. Uh, my wife and I had recently listened to yeah, it. Yeah, well, they came out with, they had albums, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then there were many, many other uh, phone message stuff that I would do. The, the 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 worst was well, I'm trying to think oh there was one where I I this was my girlfriend's I had done one where I I had said that I'm not home but you can reach me at then I gave the number of the White House oh. <laughs> and <laughs> Amy's, my girlfriend Amy's, I think, grandmother, uh, some, I, there was, it was another kind of the similar thing with like the, the Charlie Fisher thing where yeah. the circumstance ended up being, you know, it, it, there was some reason I can't remember, but the grandmother really did need to get in touch with Amy, but there was some important, <laughs> so what she called the White House, she was like, I need, because it was, I think, this was when I lived with my girlfriend, so, yeah. Uh, she called the White House for Amy Silver, and there was an Amy Silver, like eventually, like... There was an Amy Silver? And eventually connected to an Amy Silver who worked, because oh. she called, like, the main line at the White House, and yeah. you, I don't know, there's, you know, 7,000 people working for the White House or something, and one of them was Amy Silver. Wow. So Frank she was, like, on. So she talked to Amy Silver, and I can't remember. I needed you to pick up my medication. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, I can't. I'm, who is this? It's your grandmother. This doesn't sound like my grandmother. <laughs> Those two pranks alone. Were, Those are that was a good one. Swear you off of it, or just get you addicted to doing more. I don't know. It could yeah. Go either way. We did a lot of those. I did a lot of those, and that uh, you know, it was like uh, that was. You know, at early those those early days of doing the animated shows and comedy, um, I had plenty of time to uh, have fun with that. Yeah, there's you know, it was that's all I was doing during the day. It's honing your craft, really. You get up at eleven, think of a phone prank till like <laughs> five, grab a beer, and then get dinner. Go record ten minutes of audio and call it a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good life. It was you've had. right. It was it was four or five years of predominantly phone prank. So, wow. Yeah. But it prepared you for this animation yeah. um, stardom. And then our, the phone pranks on Archer were completely. They, uh, that was just a happy coincidence that Archer was 
He does Rocha's phone pranks, done a, pranks on the show? Yeah, there's a running gag on the show. <laughs> having nothing, having no knowledge of my history. With oh, them. really? Yeah, and, and, and he did the one that I told you about that, yeah. I, that I claim that I invented. See, a lot of your life seems like kismet. Like, you, you get that situation where they just feed you something you already got experience with. Yeah. The whole Sam Cedar living across the hall from you in, in college. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing. He he brought me. He he got me into comedy. Yeah, Sam Cedar got me. Yeah, I mean Sam Cedar started doing stand-up comedy, and I moved in with him. So he's the reason I'm here. And if you had not, if he had like been down the hall or another dorm, I mean I was funnier than him, but he is the reason (laughs) I'm here. But he was he pushed you into it, and you might not have gone that. For sure, he like literally pushed me into it, and that is not a joke. He yeah he. He he forced me on stage with him. Wow! I was just his roommate. He wanted to be a stand-up comedian, and our first, the first, uh, he was terrible at it, (laughs) (laughs) and it really showed. uh, But he was trying really hard, and then then he he uh, concocted this idea that. Well, maybe we could make a duo act, but I was—I had—I didn't have anything to offer, so yeah. he was just sit behind me, and we'll call ourselves uh, the comedy duo of Sam, and I would sit behind him and like in a chair, and he would just do the same act. With you just sitting there not yes. saying anything. And then in the end, we did write a joke that I was like, "This is still because every show we did was a reunion." <laughs> so in the end. I would get up and be like, this is the same bullshit that I hate doing. And that was my only, that's, that's all it. I had to act was just have a temper tantrum. Like, I'm not doing, I knew, knew this was going to happen. You sit here and you do all your jokes and I got to sit in the back. That's funny. It was funny. It's like funnier than anything he'd done alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that, that ended up, and then we started doing duo bits together. But that, I, so I saved his stand-up career. You were his teller for right, 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 right. That was funny, but yeah, without he, I was. I remember it's like very reluctant to even do that because Sam was a good performer. I mean, he was not a good stand-up, but he was, you know, intrepid. He would go up and do, uh, and I was like, oh my god, this is mortifying. I don't want to do that. Do you ever have any surreal moments now where like you're at Comic-Con maybe and it's like you look at him and you see the kid that used to bully you in seventh grade? Well, I, like, I don't see him at Comic-Con. He's never invited. No. <laughs> no. But he could be. He could easily be on the panel. No, I'm right? friend. Right? We're, we're, we're close friends still. And, and, and But yes, we often, sometimes he'll put me in a headlock and... I'll remember the old days. Oh, nice. Well, I appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. That's our show this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks to John Benjamin. Thanks to Lauren Bouchard. Thanks to the universe of Bob's Burgers for making us laugh every week, every night, often. And thanks to you for carving out a little time to listen to us. Come on back next week for more inspiring conversation on Two Degrees of Bob. See you next time. Everyone